Welcome to the Elite Forum Podcast, Episode 2. Corey Meredith. Corey is the uh, assistant strength and conditioning coach with Kansas State Football. Corey's been on point with the Elite Forum system for several years now um, and really had a good time, really had a good time catching up with him. Quick prologue before we uh, jump into that conversation with Corey. Wanting to let people know basically why. Why did we start the podcast? Um, what, are, what are our goals with it? Um, and it's really pretty simple. The idea is uh, open conversation, talking shop with not just people who we work with directly day to day, people who use the system, but in a larger sense, uh, just people in our athletic performance community, people who touch on the lives of people sort of in, in our world. Uh, and that can include people involved with business, people involved in investing with business, etc. So Corey obviously is sort of a fastball down the middle in, in terms of that. So one of the better places for us to have an early conversation. Um, but the idea, of course, is to let uh, coaches, guests drive the conversation. Tangents are welcome. Um, I'm going to reserve the right to get smarter about doing these things. Uh, appreciate the patience along the way. And from there, uh, we'll just broaden it out release these every two weeks and uh, just sort of let the chips fall where they may so uh, so far we've recorded four it's been been a very good time uh, so without further ado let's get to Corey Meredith uh, this year's just been different for us as far as adjusting to new stat I mean we got real I don't want to say comfortable but you know you just know know what you can and can't do and we're figuring right. those things out but he's Obviously, the the liaison, or I mean, he's the guy. Like the the coaches aren't talking to us; they're talking to him. Sure. So and then it kind making, of trickles down. Yeah, making sure he's available, and then just some of the logistics have changed as far as like scouting. We didn't have scouts in all year round. Now we do things like that. So Dawson's usually he gets his workout in. About three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, and then Damn. we do our groups, and then he's upstairs because he also has the administrative side of it because we're building new facilities for baseball, new facilities for Olympic sports, and then you have I mean, basketball is kind of self-contained already. They have their place. right. So, so let's back up year. a little bit, yeah. Because uh, I was actually gonna to lead in asking about like what that you know, kind of how that was when you found out that transition was gonna happen, right? So you're you know losing a legendary football coach, yeah. Right. So you guys knew exactly. Maybe I shouldn't say exactly, but obviously expectations were well established. You guys had your routine, mm -hmm. and so then they start going through the hiring process and. You know, what goes through your mind kind of at that starting point? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, fire away. <clears throat> so, heard about Coach Kleiman, and I was honestly excited. I liked I liked the fact that they're willing to give the opportunity to a guy that was an FCA, you know what I mean? Like, because I came from a small school. I don't think necessarily small school football gets the credit it deserves. They won four national titles. I like the fact, because I hate losing. I hate it. Winning is fine, but I hate losing. And that's what he did. So I was excited about it, but then also very nervous because they had a guy, he has a guy up there. And we knew that. And so I had gone through this once before, a little different scenario at Kansas when they got rid of Mangino. And there's all types of things that go on with, with those processes. And as an assistant strength coach, you don't hear about it. You kind of hear it around about way. It's not never, I think it's a lot of rumor mill. You just don't know. We were told we were safe there. And then one day, administrator walks down, says, hey, I need to talk to you. Said, you guys are done. We're like, okay, it's interesting. So we went from thinking we were pretty secure to like kind of shady like we didn't even get like a severance so like you're gonna you're done on friday you will be paid your vacation that's it and i was like wow like that was interesting so 
obviously when this thing came around, we knew he had a guy and like, and you I, had that in the back of your mind. Like, oh, that's the way it had gone before. Instantly. Yeah. I was like, I think we're done. I mean, there's, and I don't, I don't blame the guy. I mean, I feel like we have a good reputation as a strength staff, but like if I'm a head football coach and the guy that's in front of my athletes daily year round, I want to be able to trust that guy. And so, I, I mean, if a head coach wants to bring, I think that's the, the smartest hire that he makes. So if he already had somebody, it's like, well, I'm mad, I'm mad at you, but I got to go get some boxes. Right. So then it kind of, we were kind of just hanging out, trying to hear the word. We were supposed to hear before Christmas. And I kind of came and went. And then we found, or maybe it was, I can't remember, but it was right around Christmas. And he, and basically it's um, Jim Kramer was this guy at North Dakota State, decided to stay up there. He's got family up there. He's got deep roots there. And it just, I think it just made sense for him to stay. And I think Kleiman was fine with that. And I think that Kleiman did his homework on us and, and felt like it was a safe play to keep us intact, you know? Because I, I, don't, I don't know if it's not, it's not like, it, it, I mean, there's a culture shift, obviously, but he it, it didn't, it didn't see it to be needed down here, I think. And so we got the word and it was all good. So, but yeah, we and, were. And exhale? Yeah, big <laughs> exhale, you know? Because I, I just had a kid in October and so it was like oh boy you know to be able to to possibly have to uproot this whole thing is is right it's two kids now I have two now yeah, yeah. and it's like cuz i mean we've been here i've been here for 10 seasons you know it's just i mean you're you're planted here i have two kids here and so it was like this is going to be big and you just don't, you need don't know like assistance I feel like sometimes we don't know. We come in, we coach, we work, we go home, a lot of that other stuff. I just don't think, I mean, at least the staffs I've been with, we don't like, Coach Dawson knows, and then he tells us. But a lot of times we don't, we don't get it on the front end. And there's a lot of inner workings I feel like that I don't know about or maybe don't understand. I don't know, but it, it gets a little bit dicey at times where you're, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. That's yeah, because even, even from our perspective, like when the transition was happening, it seemed like there was a delay. And so, you know, we like you guys. So we were yeah. wondering what was going to happen and worried about you, yeah. if you will. You know, so, uh, and it did seem like it started creeping into, well, those guys are going to need to get coaching. Mm-hmm. Like it's on what? Almost yeah. sort of beyond, like, not that there's a deadline for those kinds of things, but um, when you'd want to do anything, if mm-hmm. you were going to make a change, so. And I think that, and recruiting too, I think delayed that because I know those guys, uh, they would hit it hard. I mean, it was like, I feel like climbing, they flew him in, they'd do a press conference, and I felt like he was back out, like we're on the road going, you know. And I know our recruiting ca- coordinator, he was out on the road because he was allowed to go. And uh, just trying to just keep everybody settled down. And so I think that was a big thing for him. It was like, hey, let's, because there's that early signing period. Right. Now. And then, yeah, I think he was making sure, like, we, we got everybody and then anybody that they wanted to go get. So that's that smart. Sense. I think, I mean, recruiting is, obviously, if you recruit good guys, it makes us better, too. So It helps. And, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not mad about that at all. But yeah, it was, it was a little uh, touch and go there for a while. Right. Yeah. It's probably nice that he jumped in and got after it right away. Well, no, I like. It I mean, sets a nice tone. And no, the energy that, that this staff has is is really cool. I mean, it's it's way different. Our staff, obviously, the old staff was a little older, and so there's just there's just different energy, you know. So that that's been a good thing. I think the guys really appreciate it. Um, the guys. The guys and the players? Or the the players, yeah, the, the players. Gotcha. The players are appreciating this. To... Did you see that? Did it translate when they came down here? Came in the weight room? Like, could you see a... Um, not that they... Not not that in the sense that it was bad going to better or anything, but just any sort of cultural difference that... No, I mean, I, I always... I mean, I think every year it's always different with the team. 
because you, you're right. So you, you remove all those seniors, those leaders, and some of the, you know, even, even your, your good locker room guys. I mean, you have, like, we have a, a good walk-on program that brings in, you know, good Kansas kids that like working and they have, you know, they have great personalities and they're just good locker room guys. You know, they play some special teams and all that, but you, you clear that out at the end of a year, like they're gone. So now you have a new team and you have, you have the guys that are now seniors or are going to be counted on to be leaders or want to step up and be leaders, but everybody's kind of feeling things out. And then I think you have the rest of the group there, you know, say I was a, redshirt freshman I expected to play and then I didn't so then you kind of go in the tank and then it's you know so you're you have those kids that kind of mope around and then so, so everything resets I feel like everybody comes back into the weight room just ready to get after it like hey this is the start so it's a clean slate we're going so I don't know if the that staff changeover changed their mentality coming in but then I think as they start, because th these coaching staff went hard on trying to get to know these guys and showing them, hey, you can trust us. You can, we care for you, you know, which is huge. I think that's our whole deal in the weight room. We want to, I mean, if you can't show that that you care, then they're not going to trust you, and it just, you know, goes from there. And I think those coaches understood that, so they got in, and, and then it just, you know, everything kind of materialized and. And, and got better so we had I think we had a really good off season we ran a little differently than we had in years past uh, we did like we used to test before spring ball coach Snyder always look, look, looking at numbers like what's his 40 what's his bench you know football coaches love bench press sure but he wanted to look at that for spring ball like that was an evaluation tool for him and then coach Klein came and he's like uh that's for y'all not not us just you do it how you want to do it. So we decided to move everything to the end because you have basically, you know, a winter off-season training block, then you go to spring practice, and then you have this almost dead time. I mean, the guys are still required to lift and run, and but a lot of times it's those kids are like, Ugh, you know. <laughs> so now we kind of, by bringing the testing period to the end of the semester, kind of was able to pull their focus because they still have their individual goals. Like, Hey, I want to run this 40. I want right. to clean this. So it, it at least had them locked in and we could finish the semester. Well, you know, we weren't necessarily training to train, which I thought was good, which we've done. We used to do at Kansas. So that was one change we made. Liked it. I think the guys did too, but then it sets them up better for summer. And we kind of knew where they're at. You know, you don't have, you're not stabbing in the dark, right? A lot of times, some actual benchmarks instead. Yeah, of we know. You know, you're not. They're not far off, and you didn't have like a lot of times. I mean, they they'll go home for a month or whatever and just get totally out of shape. We didn't necessarily have that. We had three weeks, but I mean, they were raring to go when we we left them. It wasn't a train, just a training to train period. So we gotcha. liked, we liked that, and so we got to kind of dive right into to summer without too much drop off. That's what, I mean, that's the great thing, like the elite form. I mean, that to do the velocity stuff, I mean, we, I mean, we'll dial those guys in in a week and then we, then we can really go. And I, that's been huge for us. So we do that all the time. So backing up kind of a half step, it sounds like not only, obviously you guys were retained, right? But then the new, uh, sport coach staff if you will football coaching staff mm -hmm. basically said trusted you guys enough then almost right off the bat to kind of just do it how you want to do it yeah is, is that right yeah i mean there was i mean obviously there's obviously some input on it sure you know i think the big thing was like our i know i know coach Kleinman talked to our football team and probably talked to our leaders and said hey well what you like what you don't like so we changed up some running stuff and we were fine with that <clears throat> Um, so they were probably not as good a shape. They probably weren't in as good a conditioning as they've been in years past, but there was probably a little bit less rubber off the, off the tire at the end. Gotcha. Too. Gotcha. Um, but that was probably the only thing that they really said, Hey, let's, you know, let's back this down. Let's make it, you know, 
more more drill work like they really because and then again yeah i mean you're you're installing entire new offenses and right, defenses right. so that really took precedence which also makes sense there's only x amount of time yeah so. i mean I, I always look at it i mean in a perfect world yes you know you want everybody just to be metal eaters and and but they're not like these kids come here to play football not to lift weights right so we have to be i think we have to be very realistic and understand our role and obviously do it to the best of our capabilities but understanding like it's not like we're not numbers guys you know you know we're not i mean it's cool you want to see guys improve and that's obviously a, a good measurable but at the end of the day like we gotta get better at football no that, straight yeah, wins I mean, and losses are kind of a yeah, big deal like it's you have to get better at football it's right bar none so in any way we can facilitate that, let's do that, you know. And I would assume, but, you know, you tell me. Um, like, is that how you guys think top-down, like, kind of stat, not just strength staff, but call it the staff across the board that's addressing football. Like, whatever the priority list becomes in terms of kind of calculating another W. Um, is that kind of the way you think about things or um or is that so totally out of context it doesn't even it's a bad question no i i think it's a good question i mean it, it's all about wins and losses but you know just like i said every team like i always look at it as every team is different so you have like we talked about you know coming in in january what it's kind of like what you have i think you have to adapt your off-season program your spring practice your summer conditioning to what you have you know you can go back to you know 2012 that that year that we ended up in the uh fiesta bowl and we were like ranked one in the but that team was mature so we we could do things a little differently with that team because they police themselves um so it wasn't like like there's for instance like warm-up there's instances where we have an up-down call on everything because that's what's required because you have young guys don't know how to work there's probably some immaturity so it's like hey no we're we're going to pull focus this is how we're doing it as where a, a mature team it's like hey we're going to warm up this is what you got and they've established themselves as good workers trustworthy and all that so that i can trust that they can go over and do that warm up and do 10 reps or whatever it is and and be fine with it. And so like that's where like that's how we kind of like when we're in here in the weight room let's like well, what do we have? How do we need to approach the warm up? How do we need to approach this workout? Cuz I mean, yeah, we're getting them stronger, we're getting them faster, but there's so many other things that will rear its ugly head in a football game that we'll see in here. Like if you're skipping sets or you're skipping reps in the weight room, you're probably going to take some shortcuts on the field or at practice or whatever it is. So we need to not only address strength, conditioning, but we also need to address those issues too. You know, and I think that's kind of the intangibles of strength programs. You know, who runs oh, them well, sure. and who do, you know, like I, I just I can't. If you if you show me you can be trusted, then I will allow you to do a lot more than if you show me you can't be trusted. Sort of like life. Yeah, I mean, it's really <laughs> what it is. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, this is a little slice of life. I mean, really, I I always look at it as you're if I can if I can affect one thing for these guys is is if I can affect their work ethic. If we can improve that, when you leave here. You are a better worker than you were when you got here, and you understand the value of hard work. I don't care how much you bench, how much you clean, how much you squat, how, much, how fast. I don't care about those things. But you've established yourself as a as a good worker. You have a strong work ethic. Like that's a that's a win for us in here, you know. So that's how we'll approach wins and losses, and from our standpoint. It's like we we have to address these issues, gotcha. or else it's going to creep up on us, you know. For sure. So, are you guys 
at a point where maybe at a point's not the best way to put it, but like so you'll see something in a weight room, like skipping skipping reps, like you mentioned. So, you know, if that guy say say a whiteout, are you talking to like his position coach and saying we're seeing these things, or like does that kind of dialogue take place? Or yeah, I think it does. Um, again, that's more of the director, like Coach Dawson's probably going to address those things gotcha. with the assistant coaches. But, you know, there's also open dialogue if they're down here working out and they're going to ask about their guy. I mean, and then, so we meet a lot and we, we try to evaluate. We, we assess our workouts on a daily basis. We sit down as a staff at the end of the day. What do we see? You know, and those conversations could be five minutes. They could be... 95 minutes I mean it sure it sure. just depends on what you see you know and all we're trying to do is just get a beat on all those things that we're seeing and then address it moving forward um, but yeah like then that, that's the whole thing with having a new staff is you're trying we're all trying to I think everybody's trying to feel each other out you know and and see what because I mean some some guys might like we care about it. like if you don't finish through a cone you're doing it over like sorry like that's what we do that's that's going to set you apart from the rest so that's we harp on finish all the time but if it's not important to the coach then i mean there's no not not necessarily we don't need to tell him like he's not finishing because he doesn't care about it right so but it's important to us so we're going to make sure that when when we when we are hands-on that's how it goes you know, and the guy, they know, like, our guys know that, you know, we spend enough time with them, they know, and they know when they cut it short, and it can be, it doesn't have to, it's not, it doesn't have to be an ass ripping every time, I feel like a lot of people think it's like, oh, just getting in people's ass all day long, and it's not that, I mean, these guys are smart kids, like, they're in college, they understand right and wrong, so you can have just dialogue with them. Most of the times, and it's understood, and it's worked on, you know. And it, and it's still like with with freshmen, you have to remind them a lot more. But I, I still always feel like that's on us, not on them. And then like with our freshman class now, they should be getting to the point where the expectation is understood. Then we move from there. But you you have to obviously establish expectation early and often so yeah yeah well there's definitely that there's the cliche of what like a who a strength coach is and what they do um versus what what really happens um and i don't i don't know how from that like you see that across like just living life Mm -hmm. but we see it a fair amount like even if i'm like sam I don't know if I told you this before. Like, I've interviewed people. And, like, one of my interview questions now is, like, who do you think a strength coach is? And as soon as... I've had a couple people just start walking straight through, like, every single cliche. Yeah. You know? uh, That you might think of, you know? Meathead, knuckle dragger, not very smart, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Those interviews, they don't last very long. Yeah. You know? Um, and so then I'll start reading off like some of the background of a lot of the people we work with mm-hmm. and it's not like because we're technology some people will get all sciencey about it but that's not necessarily like that's going too far the other direction Yeah, and it just always kills me like generally speaking like we were with so many great guys who just have the welfare of the kids yeah. in mind um, and make them Kind of like you said, for where, however you get them, like figuring out what you've got, yeah. uh, making them better. Uh, it seems like people kind of have missed everything. And like, I don't know if you saw that. You see that ESPN kind of short thing they did about strength conditioning coaches? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What would you think of that? I liked it. I mean, it, it definitely paints a certain picture, you know. Um I don't think we're necessarily that way, but I'm not. I look at it as 
when I'm in here, when I'm in, I, I kind of look at the weight room as a sanctuary for the guys. Okay. When it, when we're in here, I don't personally, I wouldn't have cameras in here or if you did, it would be days that we designate and you're looking, you know, Hey, film this, film that. Cause it's not everybody's best day in here. And then with all the social media stuff and yeah. there's always people clapping back at this and that and the other, like, I don't, I don't, they get enough of that already. Like, I don't want to add another thing on their plate to somebody to talk trash on about. Like, that, let's not do that, guys. Because you're not going to have your best day in here. And some days I want that. Like, it's, it's okay to fail. That's something that's not taught very often anymore. But it's okay. Because I look at it, that's a success because you've pushed yourself further than you ever have. And, and, and you can learn from that experience. You know, so... In here, I want it to be a sanctuary, and like I'll be high energy in here. It's 6 a.m. in here, I'm ready to go. But that's I I do that for them, not for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I I'm much more of a, I would like to be a behind the scenes guy, and no one ever knows necessarily what we do. It's just hey, it's it's because this is a service industry. Let's not get it twisted. We're here for these guys. If these guys aren't here, we ain't here. So, but that's where I want to keep it. And just, we're, I, I, I would look at it as behind the scene guys. And it's like on the sideline, I, yes, I get excited for our guys making big plays, but it's almost just like a wink and a nod. Like, I knew you could do that. You know, gotcha. it's not. And then, they, if, I kind of look at it too, is if, if I if I shouldn't have more energy than our guys have on a Saturday afternoon, so I don't I don't I don't I'm just not a hype guy. Like you guys should have it. Well, to a certain extent, like people have different personalities too. Yeah, like oh, so yeah. it takes all kinds. You got to be genuine to yourself. Yeah. Like, and if uh, you know you're a more a little bit more even, but get you know get the guys going and get them doing their work. Yeah, you know, particularly like at a six a.m. shot. Yeah, there's different ways to do that. Oh, there's no doubt. Definitely. Yeah, I always look at the first five minutes. Size of, fits all. Yeah, the first five minutes of every workout mm-hmm. is going to dictate the next fifty-five minutes. You know, and so like, let's go, and then, then they take it from there, or maybe we have to take from there, whatever however they <laughs> right. decide. But uh, yeah, no, I this is. This is, to me, this is very behind the scenes. Like, this is, and all that other stuff is for those guys to do. You guys, you guys take it. You guys need the energy today. But yeah, I, I like, you know, just watching them work, you know. That's cool. So you mentioned earlier, because I don't, I don't think I know, you mentioned you had been at a smaller school. I went to it for a while. Bethany College is where I graduated from. I played football. It's a small school, uh, Lindsborg, Kansas, NAIA. Okay. But that, you know. And that's where you graduated from? Graduated there. I coached there for a year. I coached defensive line, and I did special teams, and then also did the strength conditioning program. Okay. And uh, but just it was a great experience. You know, I think just like any, I, I think most freshmen, you come to school and it's just different. And you're like, this sucks. But then, some, I, I don't know if it was the people I met, my parents, it was a combination of things, but stayed. And beyond grateful that I did because it was just such a valuable experience. Did, think, you, did you grow up around there? No. Oh, okay. I, was, I grew up in Colorado, but I. Oh, that's right. I wanted, I wanted to play football in college but I wasn't that good so that was the that was the opportunity and it, they they were winning they they won conference championship they, they were a winning program made sense I liked it there was something about it initially going there that I liked and that was the decision I made and I'm glad I did but I think there's just small school education is just there's some value to it I think you just much more close quarters. You can't hide. You know, there's no there's no classes of four and five hundred students. You know, it's like I had maybe 
a big class was maybe 50 kids. And that might be a stretch. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. But you couldn't hide. You had to do the work. And I think there was value in that. And I think, you know, football is football. I mean, yeah, there, there's not a whole bunch of 4240 guys running around right. in the KCAC right now. But, I mean, it still comes down to, you know, outworking your opponent, being disciplined, those things, you know. I mean, it's, it's so cliche, but it, it's still true. It just Well, sometimes cliches are cliches because, because they're true. Yeah. So, no, all good. So, what did you do right after that? Uh, actually came to Kansas State, volunteered. The head strength coach at the time, his name is Rod Cole, uh, former Bethany grad. Oh, that's cool. It was at like a little soft spot. Gotcha. And, uh, he said, hey, you want to come up here and volunteer? We can try to find you a GA position, you know. And so I, I took that opportunity and uh, went up here. I was up here about two months and then got an opportunity to go to the Chiefs as their summer intern. And I did that. And that was right when uh, Dick Vermeule had just been hired. And it just kind of worked out where I ended up being there four years. So what was the period of time from Bethany to the Chiefs? That sounds like it was pretty short. Yeah, it was. I, so I did, the, I did the football coaching thing. So that, that spring I did strength conditioning. Um, we did a little bit, of, like, they didn't have summer programs. And then that fall, did the defensive line, special teams, and then recruited. And then I was done in January, so we recruited in December. And then in January, I moved up to Manhattan and started volunteering with Coach Cole, working with football. And then he got a call from uh, Jeff Hurd, was the head strength coach at the time at the Chiefs said, hey, I'm looking for somebody. I need somebody to do our summer internship. Have anybody. Coach Cole gave my name. So, you know, I was volunteering. He's like, hey, this thing pays. Not a whole lot, but it pays. Right. And so interviewed, ended up getting the job, probably because I think I was the only guy that interviewed, honestly. They just, they needed, like, they were like, hey, is, uh, you think he can clean a bubbler? And so it was like, yeah. I mean, that was what you're doing. I mean, you're doing a lot of that but it, it just kind of grew because they had they brought in so coach Ramil brought in assistant strength coach Billy Long and Billy was awesome and he, he was the guy that probably taught me that it, this is a people business you know like I was I was kind of a sets and rep guy oh you got to do it and he taught me like hey it's there's 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 an art and a science to this gotcha. and you need to make sure that you know people and so that that was huge and then I ended up sticking around um yeah four years to 05 and I actually got a because I I was told a master's was important to have and so I decided I, I need to go do that and uh Mike Barwis who was so we had, an, we had an assistant at Kansas State. His name was Marcus Kenny. He was a GA with Mike Barwis at West Virginia. Mike Barwis went on to be the director of strength conditioning at West Virginia. And I got in contact with him, and, you know, the whole network thing. And he had, he had a GA spot. And it was, this was actually at Kansas State. He said, hey, got a spot, but I've already filled it. But I have your resume, you know. Just stay in touch. And so we actually used to stay in touch quite a bit. It was, you know, young, eager guy. And right. He was awesome. Mike Barr was awesome. Awesome person. And uh, so then when that season ended in 05, he had actually called me and said, hey, I got a spot if you want it. It's yours. But I need you here in a week. Yesterday. And so it was kind of like I finished up. I decided, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go get my master's. Uh, they pull like Coach Barr was pulling some strings because it was they had already started the semester, and I get into class, and but at the same time they also interviewed at a job at KU, and I never heard anything back, so I said oh, I didn't get that, and so I'm in West Virginia, just starting out, 
And uh, then Coach Dawson calls from KU. It's like, hey, do you want this job? And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm in West Virginia. I just took a job. And he was, and he was impatient too because they were about to start off season in sure. like a week. So it was a back and forth. And then Coach Barr was, he'd actually gotten very sick. And he was just coming back. I mean, he was like deathbed sick. That sucks. And uh, so I told him the situation. He's like, hey, doctor says I need to walk. So I'm going on a walk. Why don't you come with me? And so we go on a walk. There's a, I think it's the Monongahela, or I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it runs right through Morgantown. There's, you know, a walking path. And so we go out walking. And he, he kind of just coaches me up on, he's like, hey, He's like, first of all, it's a full-time gig, so you'd be stupid not to take it. And I, I was like, well, I kind of committed to you. You know, it was, it was one of those things. He's, sure. like, he's like, don't be stupid. He's like, but this is what you need to look for. He's like, you know, and there was all things I didn't know about. He's like, make sure you're getting, um, you know, a stipend for us, like, because all, like, oh, we're sponsored by Nike, you get a little money for that. He's like, make sure you're getting that. He's like, make sure, you know, your benefits are right. And he's like, get them to pay for a master's and so I go back like I mean he coached me up on the whole deal and, and you know I've because I've obviously been in Kansas in the area so I called some friends asked them about Coach Dawson you know there's mixed oh, sure. reviews whatever uh, not sure why but anyways so I'm like I and Barbara said to me he's like hey he's like you're gonna meet people that I like and you don't he's like so don't listen to anybody else you go make your own judgments. So I ended up taking the job, driving back to Kansas, wow. and, then, and then worked at KU with Coach Dawson, and I've been with him ever since. So, And that's how long? Uh, what are we looking at here? More than once or years? twice around the sun. That's yeah, it's sure. like 15 years maybe, 14, 15. So I guess he ended up all right. Yeah, no, been good. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've got to stay in... In Kansas, which I, the state of Kansas, I love. It's an amazing place. I think you have to, I mean, you have to do some homework, and but it's a beautiful place. Sure. Like, people don't. Well, it's like that. Nebraska's the same way. Yeah. Right? Like, people drive 70, people drive 80. Yeah. They think that's what the state is. Yeah. And then, you know, stay a while, and it's not. Yep. I'm For sure. Out. For sure. And that's how, I mean, going back to, like, college kids, I think, I that's another little nugget I always like to pass. I mean, you get a lot of guys that come in and going out to eat is, you know, McDonald's. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? This is stupid. Like, you guys need to go go, go experience right. these college towns. Because I didn't know, but I was able, somebody showed me, and I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. Because I I, we used to work with the draft eligible guys, and they would always hang around. We would do pro day, and... Everybody's just kind of waiting around, and we would go. I would start taking those guys places, and they would. It would be so funny because they'd been there five years, and you take and have them no idea some restaurant or some place, and like I didn't even know this was here. What were you guys doing? I was sleeping. I'm like I know. <laughs> I, I don't get it sometimes. That's yeah. what I mean. That's, that's what college kids are, and that's right? and like football players. I mean, this has been their whole life, so they don't. They don't really know. They don't branch out. They don't know anything else. Right. So it's just, hey, this is the routine. Do you hear from any guys after they're done playing? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't do any social media stuff. So I, I don't hear from... I, I think if I did that I stuff, think, I'd probably hear from a lot more just because that's so easy. Yeah, so, so convenient. Yeah. But yeah, I know. I, I keep in touch with a lot of kids. I mean going even back to the Chiefs and those guys because that was always fun that that period of time was fun for me because one a lot of those guys like so I was 23 walking the door right a lot of those guys are 23, 25 you know in, oh, that's in true. that yeah. same yeah. age range and so it, it got close to some of those guys stayed in touch with those guys over the years and then even when so I think I was what 27 when I go to was that 27? 28 somewhere in there when I go to Kansas but you know those kids are still 
you know, like your senior, they that senior class, the 05 senior class at KU, to me was what they were kind of the linchpin of the success that Mangino had because those guys were, they were just winners. They wanted to win, and they were salty. It was they, they were a cool group, but I I still stay in touch with some of those guys. Probably not as much as we used to. You yeah. know, it, life you know, does that. Time, yeah, time. You have a couple kids, and right. it's game over. You know, you're just like. I was trying to get to work today at eight. Got here at eight thirty-three. They're dropping boys off. You know, it just doesn't happen. It's, it, it's frustrating, but it's what it is. You when, know, when you've got young kids, particularly, yeah, life will push and pull you around no matter what you try to do. Yeah, so. they'll they'll take you to the woodshed quick. <laughs> Absolutely. But so, no, I yeah, I I stay in touch. Like, and then that's another thing that's been cool this year is so many guys have come back. I think they want to know how their cats are going to be, you know, like, sure. it's funny, the pride, the, the pride that these guys have for their programs. And so I think everybody was kind of coming in to check in and see what it's like. And so we've got to see a lot of guys from past teams. That's cool. So it's been, it's been fun. Fun yep. year in that regard. That is definitely something that seems, seems to linger is probably not the right word with a lot of folks that, uh, I guess they're just into sports to some degree, but like, like I know, still know how, I mean, I'm over 50, I know how my high school still does, know how my college still mm-hmm. does in my sports, you know, yeah. check in from time to time, <clears throat> and it hurts when they suck, yeah. you know, the whole thing, so, um, so was it, I'm going to jump back to when you kind of did some four you years were, You said you're over 50? Yeah. Good for you, man. You didn't know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, remember when I had the beard? That, yeah, vaguely. That thing's just pure salt now, if I let that grow out. But Doing yeah. it. Looking good so, at 50. Yeah, trying. Um, was it... Here's what I was going to ask. Uh, was it a culture shock at all for you when you started working for the Chiefs? Uh, or... Not as much as you think. I mean, I was green. You know what I mean? Like, it was... Everything was still pretty new, um, but what I found was is this like the guys you have like it's a grinder business, and I mean Man. it's it's a lot like college. Or, yeah, I look at like a kid kid comes in as a true very few true freshmen play because there's there's development that needs to happen right in probably several areas every once in a while. You have a true freshman play, and that's fine. I don't know if it's good for him, but like he plays. Sure. Um, but I think the same thing happens in the NFL. Like those guys, they, hey, I make a roster, and yeah, some of those guys play right. Obviously, they're a little bit more finished product, but it's it's a two or three year deal for those guys before they they make it and become pros. I mean, it's it's hard, and so you have you have those kids. Like that was that was the funnest thing is you had a bunch of young guys that knew they had to go as hard as they could go to make a roster and sort of work with those guys. It was, I mean, they, those guys get after it. wasn't like, I mean, I think a lot of people think like, oh, NFL guys. No, those guys, the, the pros, those guys that are playing eight, nine, 10 years in the league, they have some facet to, whether it be their, their practice, like they practice harder than anybody else. They're, film study you know weight room I everybody kind of they, they kind of fall into their type of training or what works for them right and but as long as they they have that I mean I think that the the best pros the guys that had long careers like like we had the offensive line was Will Shields Casey Wigman Willie Rove John Tate John Welb like those guys took care of themselves it was a year-round thing. They did not. They might not have worked out at the Chiefs' facility, but they were doing something. I would say almost daily. And that, and they all like look at every one of those guys' careers. Like, they were all ten-year guys, and they played offensive line. You know, like they knew what they were doing. They figured something out. Yeah, and I, I think that it wasn't. You didn't. You weren't coaching a whole lot of effort. Because, I mean, obviously, that, that's all right. You get cut or, you know. 
So that I actually really enjoy. I really enjoyed that. I'm sure it's different now, but the whole thing's different now. You know, you, you're you're coming across fewer and fewer metal eaters, probably anywhere. You know, but uh, no, it wasn't necessarily a culture shock. It was just a. I mean, they were, you had to learn. It's like I was saying, like Billy Long, like you had to learn people. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And there, there was some, there was some ego, but never, never bad, or rarely bad. Like, I always feel like there has to be some, like, people who. Ego maybe is a word that gets used in mixed ways. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, to get that good at anything, you gotta have some confidence in what you're doing. Yeah. And and be willing to express it. You know. Well, I think I, there's there's healthy ego, yeah, and there's big ego. I kind of look at it, and I think a lot of those guys had healthy egos. Um, now they might have big egos in the streets or whatever, but for us in the sanctuary of the weight room, when they clocked in, so to it speak. was it was it was healthy. They understood. And 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 because it just it's just a humbling place to be. I mean, we had we had an offensive lineman that was probably maybe had a big ego or just didn't feel like he was needed to do what was asked of him. And he was a big name guy. And I, I don't know, he was he was the first second rounder guy. And Coach Mill shipped him. Like this is this is how we're gonna do it. And then, so he goes, I think he ended up going to the Saints, and he would come back and visit with us in the weight room, Billy Long specifically. But he was always like, man, I was stupid. You know, and so it's just, I, it's a humbling place. Yeah. You know, so I don't, yeah, I don't think you can get too wild about it. And then again, that was a long time ago. I think things have changed. Or, and again, it, I don't think... I can necessarily talk on anything unless you're sure on the in the in inside of it. Sure. You know, so I don't know what's going on in the NFL nowadays. It could be the same thing. But I do see I I feel like you see more selfishness, but that's throughout athletics. You know what I mean? We're just so much into me now. Sure. Yeah. It's really hard. And it's just I it's just, you know, I think social media really plays that they drum that up because that's what gets clicks and right i always wonder if that kind of skews things like so we i mean we work with a few nfl teams yeah uh you know and it's it's a spectrum in terms of like what those organizations are like you know you got like the philadelphia eagles and uh, cleveland browns and, uh i've been in both those weight rooms i've been in those weight rooms when people are working out uh they're different but like, uh, like it, the Eagles was the last room I was in, where I was kind of be able to like watch the experience, right? Um, and they just did work, yeah. and it wasn't like it was more like what you described you would like to see, um, you know. And you they won the Super Bowl, right? So you know all the guys yeah. and that kind of thing, but. Uh, if there were egos around, like there were some personalities, right? It's, oh, and that's always different than that bad ego you were talking mm -hmm. about. Like Kelsey, like to me, his personality is just fun. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know the guy. I've seen him at practice a couple of times, but uh, it seems like a guy that would get an O line to work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it's experiences vary. Um, but it's always hard to know, like some stupid Instagram video, like yeah, what's what's really going on? Yeah, so yeah, I think I think overall, I, I, it probably hasn't changed, but just there's, I mean, there's a reason why it's called a team. Yeah, you know, and I think there's why do certain teams struggle? Is maybe there's too big of a personality that they're you know, there's 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 those inner workings, and you don't always. Like I, I don't think you're gonna find those things out unless you're there. Right. Oh, for sure. You know. For sure. And there for a while. Like, 
Okay. But like I, you know, like I look at the the Browns, I feel like Baker Mayfield, and uh, you know Odell Beckham, like super big personalities. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to talk about sports because, but it just I feel like that maybe is taking away it just what from what I see very sure. vaguely see, but well, it's, I mean, you have a lot of pieces there to be a good football team. You're not. Right. Why? You know, yeah, Browns. It's a tough time to bring up the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just like I, that's what you always see. Like I, there should be no one bigger than the team when it comes to it's like football, especially football. I think you know I like I talk with our basketball strength coach. You know, and that it, basketball is always just a different atmosphere. It's so family because there's small. Well, yeah, I mean you've you got know? 16, 16 on the roster, I think. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So and it, it's just. Totally different, and they just—I think everybody is just—they're so meshed together, you know. So it's it's easy, but there, I mean, there's it's a different game, right? But like football, you have—I mean, we we have a roster of 130 approximately. Like that's a lot of people to manage. Oh, for sure. You know. But yeah, the, everybody's got to be on the same page, and things will get done. One of the, uh, so Mark Semino, yep. he's did great, right? Uh, he's agreed to have one of these chats with me. And I'm kind of looking forward to. No, that's gonna be kind a good of talking one. to him I guarantee. about like his experiences and and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's a, probably have a one or two, hopefully sessions with him. It seems like there's nah, a I lot of ground he's got that could great, be covered. Great right stories. Now. Yeah, for sure. So for another day, of course, but. Really looking forward to that. So you want to try some alert? Sure. Drink at work, why not? <laughs> well, I wasn't necessarily going to mention that part, but it's audio. No one will know. So this, uh, I think Johnny got us going on this. Yeah. Uh, so we we really need to work on getting some sort of like a sponsorship from. Him. But so we had. Um, like this high school install in Chicago. And that yeah, of course. Johnny comes back and he's got a bottle of this. And uh, I mean, you know John. Mm-hmm. He has a hard time phrasing something in a way that's not funny. Uh, but he's like, yeah, so this, he just announced it, right? So this is our official drink. I was like, all right. Uh, and I had lived in Chicago and I'd heard of it, yeah. but I'd never had it. Um, and it is definitely an experience only available like in the Chicago area since it says it's for two fisted drinkers we figured yeah. probably we're on to the right thing so cheers to you cheers. appreciate you coming on yeah why not it's interesting very bitter very bitter I don't mind it though I think John got it for me because I'm so bitter but <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we think we'll just probably keep this as a thing. Yeah. As long as people are open to it, but I, uh, we have had a, I had this really interesting conversation, uh, with this guy, Jay Thomas, who we're trying to have conversations that are a bit more broad than just, yeah, like this tight network of, of strength conditioning or, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. So Jay runs Factor Bikes champion systems and I know we've talked bikes a little bit you and John yeah. rode once right yeah you guys ride together um, so we have this great conversation uh, but he's recovering so yeah. we can't have Malort but we have this conversation around it mm-hmm. uh, and we're able to talk about performance in a different way all these things and I look over and this thing's not recording mm. two hours later son of a bitch that hurts yeah definitely hurt um so thankfully that button's not flashing this time, so so yeah. I know I got that on. So so you guys are like basically almost done. Yeah. The regular season, right? So two left. As we sit here, who do you have coming up? We're at Texas Tech. Yeah. And then what's the Finish last Finish with season? Iowa State here. Farmageddon. Farmageddon. Yeah. I've not heard that before. That's what they call it. 
But that's always a scrappy game. Yeah, it's, Big 12 is Big 12. I mean, right. It does, I mean, records do not matter. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And I, I mean, we've experienced it multiple times. So. Well, you've also dropped the hammer on a few people a few times. Yeah. yeah so. Don't mind that. Don't mind that. <laughs> and then, so bowl for sure. And then that'll take you, well, I guess it depends on what the bowl is, but. So I was, I was going to segue back into sort of training the guys. Like, yeah. as you start to get to this time of year, um, obviously sometimes it can be a bit of a grind, but like, are you guys doing pretty well this year? How's that going? And as far as training? Yeah. Uh, solid. Again, I, the expect, expectation in here has not changed, so they, they kind of know. I mean, there's going to maybe be some pushback here and there, but, ter- I mean, you, football players, bitch, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you, I mean, it's just part of it. Right. I get it. It's not an easy sport, you know. Um, but it's been good. I mean, guys have, uh, we've stayed relatively healthy. Um, we kind of, we, we run, you know, a leveled system. I think several places do that now, but you, you know, you developmental transitional travel is kind of how we divide them up during the season. You know, your developmental is your red shirts and we're just, I mean, it's, it's technique. They're lifting four times a week. You know, we're, we're testing them this week, you know, but they're, they're growing and it's, and it's to kind of you know, corral them from the rest and, and let them work together. You know, that kind of gets them to bond as a class and they start taking on that pride. You know, I think that's a cool thing. You know, that's what's kind of going on now. Um, when you when you say you're testing them... Um, just bench squat clean. Okay, that's just, what's... Yeah, weight room numbers. Some, sometimes when I'm doing these and recording them, yeah, it gets a little... Not inside jokish, but kind of where I know what you're talking about, but I need to make sure yeah, yeah. someone who is listening might not know. So bench squat clean. Yeah. Gotcha. And then uh, then your transitional guys is they they're doing a little bit more work because they're not obviously taking the reps in practice or in game. You know that's your redshirt freshmen, your redshirt sophomores, those guys that you know your some of your walk on guys, scout team guys. You know, so we're gonna try to do a little bit more with them. I mean, because you look at an uh, in-season period is the longest uninterrupted amount of training time you have. So let's train them. Right. You know, and then then you have your travel squad where we what we try to do is is I feel like we've come up with somewhat. I mean, not it's our own form of kind of auto regulation. I think velocity-based training is a huge facet of that. But if we can. You know, we use a lot of Brian Mann's work, and as far as say, we try to dial in, or they, we look at it as kind of in zones. We look right. at accelerative, absolute strength, we kind of dip speed, in. Speed, strength, strength, Yeah, speed. we try to dip in to those zones periodically throughout the end season. And obviously we have the elite form with our feedback. You know, we pull out, I think that the, you know, the leaderboard is, I mean, that's huge for us because it's just that, you know, that Your instant feedback. It's just, it's just, it helps. Like, I mean, we had, we, we stand, I was, I, like some days I'd have questions whether we'd have the banter of like, I just did more than you, right? but it's still there and we're in whatever week 13. So in, I mean, super great tool, but yeah, we'll just, we just run them through it and, and we'll get to bull prep and, uh, I usually try to get them back to around, you know, ninety percent of what their best is coming off of summer. Right. Um, now with the travel, maybe a little bit different. This year might be. I mean, this is all new. Oh, how about that? Power outage. It's not good. <laughs> it's not what you're looking for. No. <laughs> But yeah, so we'll do that, um, and then hit the bowl game, and then they get a few weeks off, and we're back at it from kind of where we started the conversation, which was right. see what we got, you know. 
Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But... <laughs> you want to try? I don't have another glass, Sweet. but... What else you want to talk about? I don't know. I'm pretty boring, really, I feel like. Uh, obviously, I disagree. If I finish my Lord, it might change. But you're the first person that's just walked through it. So, almost everybody, like, they'll try it, and you get some reaction. Yeah. But, but it fits you. Like, because in some ways, like, you're very even. You kind of remind me of me a little bit. Yeah. So, for you to just go, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it is. That was the most even keel reaction I've had. I think Brad Schmidt at Creighton said something like, um, he could feel it in his ears. He'd never had a drink, he could feel it in his ears or something yeah. like that. And there's a whole video series uh, like called an alert face or something. Really? On YouTube, yeah. There's also a hysterical um, like fake commercial that these guys did. But What do you think? I like it's got a little like a bitterness to Super it. Super bitter. But it's good. It's very different. Yeah. But it's very good. I like it. Yeah, I drink this. Well, what's funny is, uh, so I introduced Brad to it. Um, we had a good conversation. And then uh, he sends me an email a couple of days later. Uh, hey, do you know how I can get a couple of bottles of that? And uh, my son was playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, had games in Chicago, so... And we were like in North Park, so it was easy. So I yeah. got the shot of me with like four bottles of Malort to bring back. A couple for the office, a couple for Brad. But uh, eh, it's definitely become a thing. But yeah, you just you just walked right through it, which I loved. So. Yeah. Well, I remember, so in Lindsberg, Kansas, it's a Swedish settlement. So they have Aquavie. Oh, yeah. Swedish liquor. So that was always interesting. That was the same deal. Like, you turned 21. That was the shot. Like you had that was the thing you had to take. Gotcha. And there was probably a face to that one. For some, I don't remember. Personally. <laughs> it's a long night. Uh, and then we had a Argentinian tennis coach. Assistant tennis coach when I was at KU. And he'd bring this stuff around. And it was, like, black. I don't know what it was. It was some kind of, like, I feel like it was like fermented root. That was interesting. I wish I remember the name. But he let us, like, he brought the bottle, and then he, we, we had a party at our house, and he, le or he left it. Gotcha. But I was like, and he was drinking it with Coke. He was cutting it with Coke. But we all had one straight, and I was like, interesting. Well, people will cut anything with Coke, so that yeah, that never really <laughs> helps not, out in yeah. terms of making a cocktail. But no, I don't think so. No, nah. I know a guy uh, from Argentina. I'll have to ask him. It was just pitch black. Yeah, it was really dark. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't remember. Shout out Santi Murta. I'll, I'll check in with him and yeah, see what it and is. see what it is. We're doing show notes uh, with these, so like you know the references, right? Um, whether they're just fun or serious, right? So like. I'm sure we'll link out to Brian Mann's stuff since you and I talked about it, but yeah. I'll see if I can get Santi to figure out what that drink is and we'll let everybody yeah, I should probably do some homework myself. Well, it's good to have those things on, on hand yeah. like, around the house. So. Anything else you feel like chatting about? Mm. I mean... I keep coming back to Brad, but when I asked him that, he jumped into like a conversation about uh, strength coach salaries, like particularly for your first position. Yeah. Um, obviously that was top of mind for him so um it just seemed like instead of me just asking questions it's an opportunity to, if anything's on your mind so no pressure i'm trying to trying to lead you in any direction yeah. strength coach salaries ignorance is bliss i feel i i use that a lot like don't ask if you don't want to know the answer because i feel like i heard once i had a kid i coached He's now a strength coach, assistant strength coach. He makes way more than me. And then he told me, he kind of went down the list of all his guys that he works with. And I was like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> so, well, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I, to me, it's, there's a, 
there's a, when he brought it up to me there was a weirdness to it in the sense that like obviously I manage a company right yeah. and like we're not going to share salaries across our group mm-hmm. because it's like from an HR standpoint absolutely inappropriate yeah but like you guys are in a position where those things are public yeah which I understand where the money comes from to, to some degree right but at the same time it just doesn't seem like it should be public so I always end up with mixed feelings about yeah that's I mean that. it, it's it's a it's a super sensitive subject but it's funny thing is it's it's so much more a subject now than I right? feel like when it used to be like I did I'm telling you right now when I got into this it certainly wasn't for the money I sure. didn't like I the way I viewed it was, hey, you're going to make a teacher's salary, which I feel like teachers are grossly underpaid, right. by the way, for what they have to put up with. Um, but that was like, okay, well, can you live on it? Cool. But I, I never looked at this job as like I'm fixing to get paid. Gotcha. That wasn't, that never entered into my mind. And I feel like it entered in, it enters in, like, especially young kids that is top of the list oh wow what am I gonna make you know cause I you know you have conversations with kids like oh I'm interested in strength conditioning okay well this is what it's gonna be well, how much do I, how much you guys make I'm like wow uh, that to me is just like that's the wrong question right well if it's your leading question yeah I mean it's, it's definitely well if problem. it's even on the list yeah yeah like it's not I mean, I think it's much more glorified now than it probably needs to be. But uh, if you're doing it for the money, that's. The, I think if you do anything for the money, that's the wrong reason. I think you you have to work to eat. I get it. <laughs> right. You, you have to work to eat. But if you're, if that that's high on the list, I, I, you, passion has got to be within what your job is going to be. If you don't have a passion for it, don't do it. It's not worth it. Go do what you're passionate about. And then probably you're going to be really good at it and make money doing it anyway. 